All right, guys, welcome back to another podcast. Uh, today, we're kind of full swing into process, so here we go. Welcome to the podcast. Halfway through this, get real zesty. Mm, yeah, see, I'm... I am caffeine light this mm. morning, so it's okay. The You're energy full, though. <laughs> I am energy full. Yes, yes. Works the overnight. Uh, Did you actually sleep? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a pretty slow night, um, <coughs> and then uh, yeah, the gym, especially upper body days, always pump me up. Yeah, you know, so it yeah. gets me going. You feel like you're getting those glory muscles going, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, the show muscles. Yeah, yeah. The peacock, <laughs> the peacock muscles. So, yeah, so. title of episode yeah. twenty five, yeah. peacock, peacock. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that so actually. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't the most unfortunate way of looking at this yeah, based yeah. on what we're thinking yeah. about talking about? Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, today actually, um, it kind of fell right into line because I mean, obviously, last week we only subtly touched upon how the profession is dead. Um, yes, and, and again, uh, you know, I mean, it's currently operational. There's a lot of businesses out there making money, and there's some people, uh, not all, but some people who in their jobs who are fulfilled. So you can't say it's dead. But I think the structure, the uh, lack of infrastructure, is becoming widely apparent. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's when we say the, the profession is dead. Is that we've you know been uh, you know built on a, a pretty pretty uh, light foundation for quite some time. But um, it's time to to lay the footers, as it were. Right. Um, but yeah, actually, I think what it kind of came uh, at a, a pretty good time. Uh, and again, I think you can link in the description um, is uh, one of the Gary V videos on uh, essentially expense. Right. Um, you know, and I, I think I think it's at the one where uh, he had proclaimed, "Take the bus." Is that the yeah. one? That, yes. Yeah. If you if you, yeah, if you don't have money, don't take an Uber. Take a bus. Yep. You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just you know I, so anyone who's uh, you know gonna uh, of course listen to this podcast, what I would urge you to do is before you start listening to the podcast, just hit pause, mm-hmm. go to the link description and watch this video because mm-hmm. we're pretty much going to use it as kind of a jumping point for the remainder of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, w- I would urge you to do that um, just momentarily. I think it's like it's a like five-minute video. Or if that. Yeah, mm-hmm. four-minute video. I th- most of his uh, online clips are pretty short. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, it gives a lot of context. So uh, pause and... The level of insecurity that is permeating this country so that people end up buying cars and houses and clothes that they can't afford to impress people that they don't even like is the great epidemic in our society. You're back. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, you know, what I, what I want to do is uh, not uh, totally talk about myself because, uh, I mean, there's a certain level of narcissism there. But uh, yeah, uh, coming into, you know, when we start to look at sort of this immigrant savings mentality, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I do think there's kind of pluses and benefits. I'm not going to get wh- white out here. Just stick with me. I think there's some benefits to having the melting pot that is America. Um, and I, I do like that um, in some capacity. We have people from so many different backgrounds that have so many different influences and so many different ways that they were raised. But I also think that in some capacity th- with the loss of identity, I think we're starting to fall into too much. On, I don't want to say necessarily the American culture is consumerism. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's becoming a kind of a really big thing where we have a loss of value. Now, I'm not saying a loss of like home values in the sense like, oh, no one's religious anymore. And, you know, we got this. It has nothing to do with that. We're talking more on some of those base, like core level things that were taught of kind of the old era. Now, I think this is very ironic that I'm talking about things were taught in the old era because all we're talking about is how things need to be new and new and fresh. Um, But I think the fundamentals are there. Mm -hmm. When, um, 
you know, again, watching that video coming into this is um, I wholeheartedly agree. Like no one is talking about saving money. No one is talking about the future. It's buy, buy, buy. I need, I need, I need. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, again, I, I don't think that this is a, a, a circumstance where um, we need to necessarily disparage our clientele, mm -hmm. but I think from one of Dr. Katie's experiences when she was working um, as a mixed animal veterinarian, uh, very, very near uh, uh, Indian reservation, mm -hmm. um, she would have clients come through with, you know, these like three-year-old pit bull parvo dogs, you know, mm -hmm. like just get, like, can we just at least get a vaccine when it's a year old, like just one, yeah, you know, and just a slew of those patients. Mm -hmm. So she would get these animals in and, you know, at that time she was a new grad, uh, you know, coming to school and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, didn't have much money, but, you know, was living, uh, uh below her means, mm -hmm. um, you know, saving some money cause you know, there's uh, moves to make in the future. Um, so she'd be sitting there driving, you know, an old car and going to work and she'd have these people roll in that on, you know, fucking decked out Escalades, mm -hmm. you know, uh, dressed to the nines, you mm -hmm. know, rings on every finger, you know, at that time, uh, smartphones didn't really exist. Um, maybe the Motorola razor though. Yeah, dude. 1.0. Dude. That, first of all, the razor I think is probably, which I think <laughs> they just brought back. They did. They did. Which Two I think is the best phone on the face of the planet, uh, which <laughs> I had for many a year, uh, post Nextel after from Nextel straight to the razor. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I know, dating. Uh, but anyway, you know, so they come in, right? So then the whole consultation, all it would be is I don't have money to treat this. I don't right. have money for vaccines. I don't have money for, um, you know, whatever, to treat my dog that has parvo. I don't have money to spay my patient. My dog is a pio, uh, you know, a uterine infection. I don't have money for that. And she's like, just kind of like looking around the room, like, am I being punked right now? Yeah. Like, you're kidding me. It's like, oh. I don't have money for that. Yeah. That's that, that ultimately ends up being, um, you know, the end of that sentence. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, again, looking at, um, where we are, you know, between one, I think student debt load of courses, that's very difficult to get away from. Mm -hmm. But I think just as a whole, I mean, between the crash of the housing market, you know, I mean, shit, the auto industry had its stuff before that, you know, I mean, bailouts and all this stuff all over the place. It, it should be readily apparent that f the financial state, I mean, we know, and again, I'm not getting political, but between the, you know, kind of the, the graying of the middle class, sort of the loss of the middle class, is everyone is pretty much living outside of their means. Mm -hmm. No one's saving. Right. And... I think for me, that's a very tough mindset. Like I just never really considered that to be a lack of values that are taught to children that are taught to adults. But the reality is no one knows how to save. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, when I came out of veterinary school, um, I was just used to being a college kid, you know, in my first year, um, it was actually kind of funny. I knew my first year out of veterinary school that, um, loans are going to be deferred, uh, six months. So I'm like, mm -hmm. Ooh, six months. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, at that time I basically said my first year, I was just gonna, you know, spend, I know that kind of sounds funny. The whole first year I just made the decision. I was going to blow all my money because yeah. I knew after my first year out, I mm -hmm. wasn't going to be able to do that. I mean, mm -hmm. I was... 23 years old coming out of veterinary school so it's like I, I had a little bit of time to just play around yeah now when I say just blow the money right mm -hmm. I was still living in a studio apartment mm -hmm. you know which it's not like I had a huge house that I was renting you know I had a small studio apartment um I ended up buying um several a couple of laptops one for my brother which actually ended up stuck 
starting his entire design business. Mm-hmm. Um, I put a massive ring on Katie's finger, which was among <laughs> the best investments of my life. Right? I mean, not necessarily. Some might say yeah. number one. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You uh, would the, say number uh, one. Yes. Yes. My number one investment <laughs> of my life. Yes. Uh, can, let's, can we clip that part out, please? Can we edit that out straight to the number one? Uh, but anyway, no, but, uh, you know, so the idea was it's like, yeah, I was spending it, but it was still under the context of long term growth. Yeah. It wasn't just like, you know, again, I wasn't throwing rings on every finger. I wasn't, yeah. you know, I, I had, um, I bought a new car, but it was still on a five-year loan, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it was still on these things where, um, and it, w- it wasn't like, you know, a fucking Mercedes Benz. It was a Honda Element, yeah. you know? That car was legit. I drove the wheels off that car. And then what? <laughs> Gave it to my brother, <laughs> you know? So it was like. Put new wheels on it, start over. Yeah, start over. Yep, yep, it's yours, man. And it was yeah. like, you know, hit every service, all these different things. So it's still, again, you know, listening to that Gary Vee video, it still sort of comes back to sort of this immigrant mentality. You know, when I, when I, when I was grew up, when I was raised, um, you know, my, um, my great grandparents, uh, essentially were the immigrants, um, and my, uh, and then that kind of trickled down between their values. And it was the same thing. It was like, we're here to work. You know, my mm-hmm. great grandfather on my mom's side was a butcher, you know, and, uh, my grandfather, he ended up becoming a methods engineer for Ford. He did that for 40 years. He, he had, um, you know, uh, any of the, uh, dividends that he would get or stock he would get in the company, he would just reinvest back in the company. He did that for 40 years. He didn't take any money from Ford aside from his salary for 40 years. Mm-hmm. So those types of values where it's just like, you know, um, you know, don't spend, don't spend, don't spend. Um, my grandfather on my dad's side, um, he had told me something at a very, very young age. I think it was like eight. He said life is split into three stages. And his mother told him this, so uh, which is actually kind of unique because she, was, uh, she didn't really speak much English. Um, mm-hmm. But life is split into three stages. And life is split into learning, earning, and yearning. So I think what often happens, if you look at those three variables and you just split them in equal thirds on learning, earning, and yearning, mm-hmm. what happens to those individuals who stay in the university setting for a decade. 10 years, 15 years? It's too much learning. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying it's bad to learn, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But if you're breaking your life into thirds, and we start school at five years old. Right. You know, and you're gutting out at 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life expectancy, let's just conservatively conser- conservatively say 75, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So for us to start at five, we can't be in school in our 30s, 35s, 40s. Now, you can have second lifers. I'm not saying that. You can make mm-hmm. you know, uh, decisions uh, when you come out of high school. and I mean, there's, you can reinvent yourself many times. But if you still look at it in, in the, the idea of thirds, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying even from a learning standpoint that we are saying, like higher education. I'm not saying that Mm -hmm. the ultimate end here is for people to go to college. Mm -hmm. There is an incredible amount of value in trade school. Oh, incredible amount of value in trade school. Absolutely. You know, right. So, so when we look at saying the learning, you know, uh, learning, earning and yearning. Yep. I think where we start to blur the line here is, all right, fine. Schooling, whatever it is, trade school, higher education, whatever it is. It's the earning part Mm -hmm. that people have the hardest amount of time with Mm -hmm. because the earning part um, the discussion is just how much are you going to make? Mm-hmm. It's never really how much are you going to save? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, uh, again, coming into kind of the uh, early 2000s, my dad was reading an article, I think, in the Detroit Free Press at the time. Um, but he was astounded. He's like, he's like, Carlo, he read this article. He's like, what do you think? And he, basically the article was, 
kids are being taught to buy. Mm -hmm. They're being taught to buy a video game system. They're being taught to buy a phone. They're being taught to buy a music device. They're being taught to buy these things and not necessarily taught by their parents, mm -hmm. but not not taught by their right, parents either. Right. Yep. So marketing is a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. I need this. Uh, and I think what you referred to it is, uh, it wasn't brand loyalty, it was brand tribes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we start to create now the culture of, well, I have this, but you have that. Mm -hmm. I have this, but you have that. Yep. And it's like, but like, do you need it though? Mm -hmm. And the difference between want and need, that's getting blurred too. Mm -hmm. So when we start to look at this, immigrant mentality that I was taught, like I said, at eight years old, it was always learning, earning, yearning. In that earning phase, it was like, why are you trying to yearn in the middle third of your life? Right. Why are you trying to live luxurious in the middle third of your life? That's not appropriate, at least for, again, sort of that immigrant mentality. Mm -hmm. Save the money, save the money, save the money, save the money, invest. Invest however you want to do it, stock, stock market, you know, invest into a business. And I think um, coming off of what I said just a few minutes ago, and you corrected me on, yes, Katie single-handedly was the uh, greatest <laughs> investment of my entire life uh -huh. externally. The greatest investment in my life was investing in myself. Mm -hmm. That that yeah. was that yes. was I would say she was more important on an investment standpoint, on a return standpoint. I'll take number two to that, of course. Um, but no, that's the other part. So when you start to look at saying in that sort of middle third of your life on an earning standpoint, um, what are you selling? Yeah. When, when you you know because I mean here, here's the idea on the earning right what you're selling time. You are selling yourself. You are selling this portion of your life mm -hmm. for money. That's the game. Mm -hmm. That's the middle third. You're earning basically from what you are sacrificing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we've also devalued that. Mm -hmm. Because if what we're doing is, is we're investing in stuff. We're investing in going from uh, the new phone that came out this year because I need it because that's the new one. You know, mm -hmm. I think, what do I have? I think I'm like iPhone 10 or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I get pissed when they do an OS update. Right. I was like, listen, the last one was fine. Last one was fine. You have, you don't have an Instagram. I don't have an Instagram. I, so. And the snaps. And the, <laughs> and the, and the TikToks. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you, you don't, you don't need those. Yeah. So. <laughs> People for that. Yeah. Right. That's true. Yes. Uh, thank you. Uh, of course. Uh, and I appreciate that. Uh, keeping me uh, hip with the kids. I, actually today, a uh, huge discussion at work about Harry Potter. Um, and I. Um, Just had to leave. Didn't make any friends. We'll just say yeah, that. That's yeah. Funny. I that's went to funny. Harry Potter World, but then they were mad because they didn't go on any of the rides. I just walked around and was like, is this? <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Anyway, uh, some people love it, I'm sure. So. Well, right. They, they find value in it, and they're allowed to. That's, that's fine. not a problem yeah, at all. Yeah, no problem with that. And people can have value in their phones, and they can have value mm. in all, all sorts of different oh, absolutely. things. Yeah. But what you're kind of saying... <clears throat> is in the earning phase is not necessarily to not buy anything. Yeah, sure. It's not necessarily to just live in squalor. Yeah, sure. But it is to be directional in having at least some idea of where you're headed. Yes. So that like you have a screening mechanism for do I need to buy this, 
Instapot air fryer that costs $180 right. or does my oven and my pizzazz work just fine? <laughs> yes. Right. Yes, yes. Like, do you need to spend or how else can you spend it in a way that, cause you, you talk about the idea of selling time in the yes. earning phase. Well, for me, I take that one step further is that the, the one of the fastest ways to, uh, to sell that at a high level is to create value. Yeah. Right. So like you're, if you, if you bring no value and all you're doing is selling your time, you're just kind of spinning your wheels, oh, which yeah. I'm sure a lot of people feel. Yeah. That's, that's your, that's your nine to five. Right? Yeah. yeah the Bankers. Dead in the water. Yes. 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 Um, but with that, you know, that you've got um, the idea of creating value is like, well, the other side is, do I spend this money in this way or do I spend it in another way that's going to create more value? Yeah. Because you take the $160 Instapot air fryer, if you're doing meal preps with it and you're eating, yes. if you're cooking at home rather than eating out, like yeah. you can have that justification. Yes. But you have to go through that process. It's not just yeah. the instant, like this feels good. I'm buying it type the retail yeah. therapy, yes, as they would say. Yes, yes. No, and that's why I actually, um, it's now a running joke. I used to get mad, but it's a running joke now in my family where I have an entire storage room of one-use kitchen appliances. Because that's what we keep getting for Christmas from oh, my yeah, mother-in-law. Yeah. Where yeah. It's, you need this one now. We had a, a Pazell maker, which then my sister ended up making uh, Pazell cannolis, which were fantastic. <laughs> the best I've had in my life, Rachel props. Um, but we had that freaking Pazell maker for God knows how long. Right. You know, so it's, but yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. So it's, um, if you can justify the expense because you can bring value, yeah. that's, that's exactly it. Yep. Um, and I, I think one of the, one of the things when we look at um, saying selling time for money, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think we've said this last week. I think we said it multiple times is um, you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. Mm -hmm. So I, th what I have sort of moved fo on from is saying, if all you are doing is selling time for money and you don't have the money to save, you can't use the money to reinvest back in time. Right. And that's kind of where we're at now, where it's, you know, and, and again, so some of this in this immigrant savings mentality, uh, when I had sent the video over to Janessa, um, I was saying, this is, these are the concepts of running a business. Mm -hmm. Because when you're looking at the earning phase and you can invest in yourself and saying, I can do this, this is something that I can do now, of course, for us between the podcast, all our free content, like we're going to help you do this. Mm -hmm. We're going to get your mind right into doing this the right way. Um, but if you can invest in yourself by saying, I can do this and saying like, we need to save money as a company, but we need to bring value. It's not just, we're going to hoard the dragon's gold. It's, we're going to bring value by saying, all right, listen, we're going to sell our time mm -hmm. to make money from, for this business. Um, and uh, of course, individually, of course, but that money needs to stay with the business so we can continue to invest in the business. Mm -hmm. So in the earning phase of our lives, we can continue to invest in the business and the business is the people. Meaning if we invest in the business, we're investing in the people. So start paying people more, mm -hmm. start giving people benefits, start giving people continuing education stipends. We have corporate benefits. We have medical benefits. Start cutting their hours. Don't make them work overtime. Start hiring more people. Last week, I identified a one to six ratio on medical staff, not including clerical, right. just surround yourself by people and paying well. Mm -hmm. And that's the how that mm -hmm. was the question that came out of last week. How do you find these people? How 
how do you bridge quantity and quality? How, how is it that you can have affordability? How is it you can have availability? And basically what it boils down to is you invest in the people, you invest in the business, and you don't stop until you can start to buy time. Mm -hmm. And I think this came up at a podcast maybe way back in the beginning, um, but that's the whole idea. I'm saying this earning phase of your life, this immigrant mentality of earning, I'm sorry, uh, learning, earning, yearning to say that middle phase, it is now our responsibility to not just invest in ourselves, but invest in the people mm -hmm. and invest in the business and invest in the industry and invest in the community, invest in these things. Because in the end, what you're doing is you're buying more time. Mm -hmm. If you can move, and this is a bit more of an entrepreneurial mindset. So of course, not everyone's necessarily going to attach onto it. But the idea is that some, some, some people really do legitimately enjoy working in the clinic space as associate veterinarians. And mm -hmm. that's what they love. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that, that is a thing that people enjoy. I love it too. I just understand that my trajectory is taking me in a way that I have to help more people. Mm -hmm. um, so I have an extreme amount of value for those individuals who work as associates, mm -hmm. but we have to provide value back to the earning phase of our lives. Mm -hmm. um, and when, again, when you look at it from a business standpoint, um, and I mean, for us, I mean, we're continually trying to find ways to give money back, you know, between, I think our, you know, our holiday bonus now, it's like, you know, I think we're at a point now where, uh, what was it this last holiday? It was like a $5 increase per hour for every staff, I think is what it worked out to. Uh, Thanksgiving was like seven and 25. Yeah. Seven twenty five mm -hmm. additional on top of current wage. Yeah. Um, again, just for every, for every hour works, every hour works for every employee. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, and again, just trying to find ways to continue to invest back into the people. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, for us, one, once that once that check is cut, I in no way, shape, or form have any input on how anyone spends any of their money. Mm -hmm. But to circle this back, we have to focus more on saving. We have to focus more on long-term financial stability, mm -hmm. primarily because, I mean, you would like to think at some point in day you're going to be able to retire. You would like to have that mindset. I don't think there's many people who think I'm going to work until I die. I will probably work until I die. Um, <laughs> I am of that mindset yes. too, but yes. we're yeah. the, we are the exceptions to the rule yes. for sure. Yes. Yeah. But again, I think if it comes down to uh, fulfillment, you know, share, uh, you know, well-being, uh, purpose, I mean, all those things we kind of talk about, um, I think it's okay to work until you die. Mm -hmm. You just don't want to have to be forced to do it. Right. Right. Uh, there's, a lot of things that you just kind of put out there <laughs> and I was taking notes. So I apologize if we kind of bounce around a little bit here, but, um, you hit on, you hit on two different things. And there was the kind of that last point where you've got, um, the, the business mindset of, yeah. of, of basically don't live of, don't overdo it. Yeah. There are points within, uh, business construction that you do have to leverage debt yeah. for sure. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. You can do it on the individual side, but it's not necessarily as critical for a growth pattern sure. as it is for some types of businesses. Yeah. Especially if you're heavy in infrastructure from the onset. Yeah. Uh, and then, but on the other side, you have the individual side, which is essentially don't live beyond your means. Yeah. I don't remember the name of the movie, but it's it was a Paul Rudd movie uh, with uh, it was or Judd Apatow, where basically you've got two people and this one guy works for like a dying studio, 
and they just have this gargantuan house and like just everything. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like they just can't pay their bills and it's like the biggest stressor in their life. Yeah. Right. So uh, w- when you're talking about not uh, having control over what people do, absolutely. We're not here to yeah. tell people how to spend their money, no. but the flip side of that is when you do show up to uh, sell your time, create value within the earning phase. Uh, a lot of times what people will actually drag in to the door as a stressor is financial stress. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if yeah, you're so our mentality of just check your shit at the door, right, when it you're is, here, work on it is a variable that can impact our expectation from that end. So I'm not going to mandate that you do it. However, if that's a stressor in your life, we're expecting you to get a handle on it one way yeah. or the other. So there is kind of some influence in there. Yeah. And we're clear about that. And, um, yeah, let, let me, yeah, yeah. let me go actually ahead. take that as a little jump point yeah. too, which go again, ahead. I know you got a lot of notes. All right. so, um, but yeah, so let's, let's, uh, uh, take that one step further. And I think, well, I know we talked about it before the podcast and that's what's the problem. We start talking before these podcasts. I forget where our <laughs> points are. Um, but, uh, so it's the idea of you can't fix a budget with, uh, you can't fix a broke budget with more money. Right. So, yeah. At the end of the day, you, you just, you, you can't. And we have, um, with uh, an employee we had in the past, um, uh, this individual was in a um, position of authority, and we basically had uh, delegated roles between a uh, clinical officer, or, you know, operations officer, myself, this individual. We had just clear tasks, what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And my, my pitch to most employees, uh, or, or I should say potential employees, at least at the time when I was in charge of hiring, which I'm not anymore, it's you and Annie. But at the time, I was like, I got these people who want to make value. That that's what I attach to. They want to make value. They want to do good work. And uh, what I'm now better at seeing is um, I, when they start to speak ill of their past employers. Um, I always look through and trying to see how much of it is a victim mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, I. I was a little more uh, natural about it, but now I'm a little bit more deliberate about it. Um, but in any event, um, can't fix a broke budget with more money is, uh, I would say, okay, how much money are you making between these two jobs? How much money are you making between these three jobs? Would you be willing to have me combine all of that wage into one wage? You work for me full time, and then you essentially do what you were doing at those other jobs. You just do them in one place. Right. You're here. You're creating value. You're helping build the company, um, and I'm going to pay you more than what you made between those other ones. I want. I want you to check your financial shit at the door. Right. I want. I don't want that to be a variable. I don't want that to be a stressor in your life anymore. Mm-hmm. A few months go by. I need more money. You're working me too hard. You're working me too hard. This is too many responsibilities. You're working me too hard. I need more money. Oh, shit. My bad. My bad. I didn't realize that. We're kind of a new management style. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's another 5K. No problem. Mm -hmm. No problem. Um, Month and a half, two months go by. You're still working me too hard. I'm still working too many hours. I can't get all my tasks done. I'm not getting these things done. I'm falling behind on all my projects. I can't get this stuff ordered. I can't get this stuff done. I'm like, wow, man, yeah, I know. We're all working really hard. I think at that time I was working 90 to 100-hour weeks. I'm like, yeah, shit, we're all fucking we're exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no problem. How much do you need? Another 5K. Here you go. Here's another 5,000. Katie's looking at me. She's like, you're a moron. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, you know, so then when it came down to it, third time, I need more money. And I'm like, where's it all going? You know, I'm like, you're making a damn fine wage, mm-hmm. and we're giving you essentially just ask monies, right? Yeah. Um, and it came down to, well, I don't actually know where my money's going. 
Right. And that was where my mom actually being a, a teacher's union for 30 years, she was like, you can't fix a broke budget with more money. Yeah. And it came down to it. We found out the individual was working maybe 20 hours a week. Well, of course you can't get your shit done. You're yeah. only working 20 hours a week. Yeah. You know, so that's where, you know, again, for me, it comes down to saying, you know, in this and saying we're trying to, we want people to check the financial shit at the door because we're paying above industry standards. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, uh, truthfully, I mean, uh, and I think I've said this a few times before, like, I mean, I think we're damn close to $15 minimum wage. On, on uh, we're really, really on, close. I mean, yeah, practically everyone. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's just as it kind of stem from what you were saying is you just, mm -hmm. you can't fix a broke budget with more money. People just don't know how to earn and they don't know how to save. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, and this is kind of going, I'm circling back to kind of the middle of what you said with that victim mentality is um, this, this, I'm going to riff here for a yeah, moment. Sure. So Go I ahead. apologize yeah, if I stumble on some words. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we're big believers in that concept of the, the, the drama triangle, the victim mindsets and how it can be so easily pervasive in people's lives yeah. and how detrimental it can be. And we're being taught it every single day. Oh yeah, in so many ways. You had, yeah. A while ago, you had mentioned how like parents have to have a control over the marketing that their kids receive, right? Because sure. you have to untrain them out of it. Yeah, that's a part of it. Yeah. Because if I don't have this, I've been wronged. Therefore, yeah. I am owed something. That's a victim mindset. Yeah. So with that, you've got uh, people that don't know how to handle that pressure. So what they do is they go and buy as a means of creating a hierarchy that is completely unspoken between the two people that are sitting in the same room. So you have a BMW, but I've got a big-ass Escalade, right? And neither of those, th those two things within the creation of value, especially yeah. within the earning phase of your life, yeah. really make any level of difference. They both get you from point A yeah. to point B. Absolutely. However, yeah. because I don't know how to handle myself, I need to actually use this money to reinforce my own self-identity in things that completely don't matter. Uh, correct. Because if I don't do that, I'm only going to be a victim. I'm only going to be powerless yes. to everything that's around me. Like at yeah. the very least, I can go and just continue to stretch this credit card yeah. until the point where it blows up. Yeah. And then I'll I just guess get I'll, another one. <laughs> I'll just get another one or I'll call the debt consolidation people or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, definitely something that rolled around it between that 2002 to 2007 because people were taught that they could take a loan out for a house that yeah. they absolutely 100% could not afford. Yeah. I don't know how many times I spoke with my mom about that because she was fine. Yeah. But it was like, I, um, we had bought another house and she was like, I have no idea how they pre-approved me for so much money. It was like yeah. twice what my budget would actually allow for. Yes. But it was because they were just like, whatever, willy nilly, yeah. here we go, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So th definitely some training in there. We've had the perpetual training since the 50s with the keeping up with the Joneses, yeah. right? And yes. that's, that's ebbed and flowed over time. Yeah. But all of that is uh, turned into a means of basically edifying myself when I have no purpose in life sure. and have no real like guidance into creating or really valuing myself. Yeah. Because if I don't value my own time, if I'm just selling it yeah. and I'm not actually creating value or I don't, or I don't understand how I am, yeah. then on the other side is I need to create some value in my life yeah. and something that's very tangible. It yeah. can be very, uh, it's a dopamine hit yeah, every yeah, time yeah. you buy something. Yeah. Um, all of that just breeds down into cash flow and yeah, it's flowing yeah. straight out the door. Yeah. You're getting it in. Yeah. So like, good job. Yeah. But let's put a dam up. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, and that actually, um, that that's very interesting because that I think for Katie and I, when we, because uh, I graduated 2006, she was 2007, we bought our first house in 2008. Mm-hmm. We, you know, basically, even though, like I said, I quote unquote blew my money in the first year, it was really more of an investment yeah. in the future. Yep. Um, as I had, I had uh, met with a financial planner. I had never met with a financial planner before, and I had created um, uh, an Excel spreadsheet. And I used, I taught myself how to use conditional sums, and it was kind of this whole cool thing. But anyway, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, as I had basically created this way of categorization, I went to the financial planner, and I was just like, "Here's my budget." And he's like, "How old are you again?" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, I'm 23." He's like, "He's like, no." He's like. I got 50 year olds mm-hmm. who don't actually make what you just made. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, Excel, not everyone else will use Excel. He's like, but no, he's like the theory yeah, of how the to concept, do it. Yeah. So when we went to buy our first house, it was the same thing. I was like, why, why did we just get approved for a 300 fucking dollar, you know, $300,000 house? I'm like, we can't afford that. Like, oh, you can. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we can't. Yeah. I'm like, we're going to, we're going to knock that one down to how about the 140 mark, you yeah. know? And we got, you know, we had student loans, those other things. So it was, and, but even then I think that house was too big for us. Yeah. You know, I mean, we had, uh, I don't know, was it a three bedroom, something like that. And it was just her and I, right. you know, it made one an office yeah. and we kind of downstairs, you know, it was, it was fun. You filled the space though. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, yeah. It, you had the space, so you filled it. It yeah. wasn't, you needed the space. Right. right. You, yeah. You, you weren't overgrowing it. Yeah. 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 Right. Until you overgrew it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, yeah, that's where, uh, for me, that suburban lifestyle that, you know, kind of this Levittown idea, keeping up with the Joneses, it killed me. Yeah. I was like, I got to get the hell out of here. I'm like, so again, it comes back to saying, you know, for me, it, the, the value was not in that house. It was not having a big house. And like I guess I think it's just part of the immigrant mentality where it's just like, what is all of this stuff? And why I got this neighbor who, I mean, what is he doing with his lawn? Like, really? Like, what are you, you know, what are you yeah. doing? But I think, you know, like you said, I think a part of it comes down to, I, I think our overall idea with Paul Health, and obviously the purpose and well-being is Paul Health, mm-hmm. is I, I think what we try to focus upon is actually bringing back value to the earning phase of your life. And that's what is lost. It's like, you know, they, they, you know, what is the old adage? They say, oh, if you uh, uh, enjoy your job, you never work a day in your life, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. And I think when we say, you know, peop- if, if you don't love your job, if it is just a job, you're just pulling the hours, you don't enjoy it, um, go find value somewhere else. And it's like, let me buy this big-ass house. Let me buy the Beamer. Let me buy this new phone. Let me, buy, let me get my nails done. Let me get my hair done. I'm going to get, you know, tats. I'm going to get these things. It's like, that's how I'm going to give value because I don't really like this other thing it does not bring me happiness this is going to bring me happiness Mm -hmm. and it's like that's okay i'm not i'm not necessarily judging you for making those decisions about those items that are bringing you happiness Mm -hmm. but if it's a broke budget right we probably shouldn't have those things right and it sucks i'm it's it's you know i'm sorry that those things shouldn't be in your wheelhouse but it's you're in the earning phase of your life. Mm-hmm. You you have to plan for the yearning phase because if all you do is is screw off your money for the earning phase of your life, you'll be earning until you die. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 where, like I said, when you come, that's why I said I really like that video because of the immigrant mentality. It just that's what rang through to me when I got from my grandfather to my great grandmother was the earning or the learning earning yearning mentality. Yeah. So I'm not opposed. To, it's all about making choices. And that's it, ultimately, is if you want to buy those things, you want to have those things, and it brings you happiness, fucking go do it. Who gives a shit? Right. But if we're also then going to complain that we don't have any money. Right. Understand the consequence of the decision that you make. Correct. Yes. So, um, 
that's where I think when we start to then look at it and apply these concepts to business, because that's, I mean, we're not here to individual or to, to provide uh, uh, personal finance, uh, you know, consultation to people, nope. but to look at it from a business side, if you come into business ownership and you are an individual who is really poor at the earning phase of their life, don't have much in checking, don't have any savings, yep. no investments, you have no place trying to run a business, plain and simple. Right, or, or unless you're willing to take your lumps, yeah, because <laughs> you're gonna learn the hard way. Yeah, it's because e- it's either. I mean, that's what eighty uh, percent of businesses fail within the first three years or something like that. That's typically, you know, what's what's out of that. Like I, I know a number of people that don't own businesses but could do it very, very well. Yeah, because they have that mindset. And I know uh, that's a another Gary V thing. Man, we were just talking him yeah, bad yeah. the last t- couple of weeks, <laughs> but um. The, the idea of like that, that entrepreneur, right? But yeah. it's not because they actually know what they're doing. They yeah. just want to live the lifestyle of like oh, the glitz and yes, the glamour yes, and all that yeah, sort of watch stuff. Yeah, watch those, the flips where they're like, yeah. you know, I got all this stuff moving. I want to take my million dollar business to a $3 million business. And he's yeah. looking at him like, the fuck? Yeah. You've yeah. broke budget. More money's not going to fix your problem. Right, yeah. right. So um, what what I like to do from the that, that business perspective is circling all the way back to what we've kind of talked about throughout this whole series of podcasts. What do we have control over? Right. We've got, um, well, everything, but keep going, but we don't have control (laughs) over individual decision making. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to live your life, however you do, yeah. However, yeah, yeah, yeah. you see fit. If that's for the way that you want to do it, I yeah, not my place to say yeah. that that's right, wrong, or indifferent. Yeah, please. Do. Um, however, from a business perspective, what we have control over is that purpose and well-being. Yes. Is creating a structure that says you you can do that. However, you don't have to. Yeah. And that's why uh, when we had finished up last week, I had kind of alluded to the idea of how we're s- we're kind of congregating the industry into large metro markets. Yeah. Well, why do we do that? Because uh, we yes. can we can throw more money at it yeah. because of just sheer volume and and you have a pricing structure that can be handled yeah. a more top end. A more top end. Yeah, clientele. Um, yeah. So we're now all of these people are congregating in these areas because they don't actually have purpose and well-being in their workplace across the board industry wide. The industry's dead. And then so, okay, well, now I need to have a mechanism that's going to allow me to create value outside of work. Yes. And I'm going to do it with tangible things. Well, I need money to have tangible things. Yes. And now all of a sudden we're just perpetuating this horrible cycle yes. of you actually have no value in your life aside from your car and your house. Yes. And seven right. years from now you're gonna hate all of it. Yeah. Which is ultimately why what happens when the old people die? Family falls apart, because why? I want that money. Yeah. I want that inheritance. What's the estate worth? You yep. know, it's like family comes out of the woodwork. I mean, that's what actually uh, kind of tore apart my mom's side of the family was mm-hmm. it was this site in my, like, it was my, my grand, my, mo- my mom's dad was uh, very uh, well to do. Um, but it was just that same mentality. It was, you know, it just basically money makes people crazy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I think to say this, this kind of consolidation towards these large urban centers, that is a massive problem in our profession. Mm-hmm. Like you had just identified, it is huge veterinarians and veterinary professionals need to get the hell out of the big cities mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And especially if we're saying that the debt to income ratio is terrible because it, it's the price tag, right? So mm-hmm. you got a bad budget, right? Mm-hmm. But guess what? In downtown Chicago, I can make $150,000. Yep. You know, it's like, oh, in Seattle, I can make 150, 175,000. Look at all this money I'm making. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you live 80 miles outside of town. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's worth the commute. Yeah, I, I, I hope because that's the case. Because $3,000 a month rent for one bedroom apartment is yes. going to kill you. Yeah, done. Off yeah. it goes. There yeah. goes, there goes, you know, almost $40,000. You're just kicking out the door. So yeah. now your cash flow is that really you're probably at about $100,000. Uh, I'm sorry. Nope, because that would be 40000 post-tax. You know, so <laughs> so really, you know, your 150 probably knocks down to what, 90 You know? Yeah, and then, roughly. You know, you know, half of that is going into your friggin' one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're doing a fantastic job living in a big city. Oh, then the other like third of it goes to your student loans. Right. <laughs> so for us, you know, what, what we're looking at here, and I, I don't intend to um, sort of, uh, uh, you know, talk about what the veterinarians in my practice make, mm-hmm. but we're just going to say it is far above what is paid for in our area. Yeah, right. From a market pace perspective, yes. regional markets, yes. um, and that goes across the board for all staff, all staff. too, by the way, yes, yes. Um, is that at the skill level that they are at, it is well above the median um, yes. by, of, by a substantial yeah, margin. Yeah, almost in from an industry standard standpoint, but mm-hmm. also for our area. Right. And that's what? What we just say? investing in the business. It's bringing value to the people. It's bringing value to the earning phase of their life. Right, but we can't compete with the Madison, the Milwaukee, the Chicago on a gross earning perspective. Correct. And we found in over the years that that has been a substantial barrier. Correct. Because you've got the Banfields and the Blue Pearls and all these mega structures that are saying, come work here. You're going to make a lot of money. See all the student loan debt that you have? Come work in Chicago. You'll be able to pay it off faster because you're making more money. Well, that's actually a fool's errand. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 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 And that's, you know, for us, you know, I I think uh, one of the conversations um, actually, especially if you have individuals that are doing income-based repayment, you know, in larger cities Mm -hmm. where they're making more so the income looks higher so they have to pay more on student loans but you know yep. if they were in an area where the cost of living is lower um they don't have so much expense going out the door towards just that cost of living yeah um and you know for us again it's living below your means mm-hmm. you know i mean when we when we first started paw um i ran our personal bank account or whatever in the negative i just didn't get it you know, for me, I was like, I need to invest in this company. Mm-hmm. I need to invest in everything that we have into this. Mm-hmm. And I kind of failed a little bit because I wasn't paying myself a salary. <laughs> I mean, I was, <laughs> I was paying myself as a veterinarian for the veterinary hours that I was working, but right. I wasn't actually paying myself any type of administrative duties. Now, when you're working as a veterinarian for 40 hours a week and you're working as administrator for 60 hours a week, you should probably pay yourself as an administrator for 60 hours a week, yeah. at least 30. Yeah. So, but in any event, um, you know, for me, it was, it was basically, saying, you know, for us to, to, to look at the budget, right, you know, as a whole and investing into the company and so on and so forth, it still was a scenario where, um, you know, essentially, like I said, when, when, when we were uh, started out the business, I basically ran our personal stuff into the negative to invest into the company and I yeah. wasn't sort of taking my bit out. Yep. And I think part of it was is I wasn't appreciative of the cost of living component. Yeah. So when we're talking about, you know, saying, all right, so we got people in the big cities that are, you know, really have relatively poor f- cash flow, yep. essentially. Yep. Um, and for us to say moving to a lower cost of living area um, is going to help with that budget component, um, I think what that is met with is then saying, all right, well, if I move to a lower cost of living area, I'm going to be making less because what? There isn't a paw health everywhere mm-hmm. because you're going to be moving to a lower cost environment area, a uh, lower, uh, lower cost of living area, um, 
So you're going to be working in a practice mm -hmm. that also has lower fees, lower income generation, you yeah. know, sort of lower potential for purchasing. Right. But that's where, again, when we roll this back into how we're going about this podcast and saying, no, if you actually have appropriate budgetary management of a business and you invest in the people and invest in yourself, while, yes, when we started the business, I did roll myself into the negative bank account numbers because I wasn't really valuing myself that much, mm -hmm. it comes back to saying, no, at the end of the day, if we can live in these lower cost of living areas and find businesses that have the potential for what? Increased quality, mm -hmm. increased quantity, mm -hmm. and they're available and they're affordable, or you take a clinic that's affordable but not available, and then you make it more available, mm -hmm. right? Then we're gonna say, hey, in this lower cost of living area, I just figured out a way to sell a bit more of my time, because remember what we said, eight out the year, uh, eight hours in a day to main, 10 hours in a day to uh, gain, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So uh, eight hours in a day to maintain, there we go, there we go. it's that backwards. Mm -hmm. Eight hours in a day to maintain, 10 hours in a day to gain. If we can find this lower cost of living area, get right. the hell out of the big cities, find these practices where you can start to increase quantity, quality, availability, affordability, money stops becoming a part of the equation. Right. I, for my entire career, have paid karma. I have never looked at a client and said, there's my avenue for money. Mm -hmm. I have never looked at a patient and saying, if I do this, I'm going to make more money because it goes into my check because I'm paid on commission. Mm -hmm. I've never thought that. Mm -hmm. It's always been informed consent. It's always been serving the patient. And it's always giving people the option to do what is right for their family. Mm -hmm. It is not our job to determine what is right for their family. That's their job. Mm -hmm. It's our job to answer questions, provide them with informed consent, and give them you know, essentially the opportunity to do what's right. I pay karma. I've always paid karma. And money stopped becoming part of the equation. Mm -hmm. And that was the part that was very astounding to me. It's like, yeah, we got invoices, we gotta run, we got estimates we gotta do, and we got services to provide. But value yourself, value that earning phase of your life. Mm -hmm. And look at these lower cost of living areas, not necessarily as an opportunity to make less money, but it's an opportunity to bring more value. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity to bring more value to your own sense of shared purpose, your own well-being. You can start to develop these communities, you can start to develop the care that's there. Um, and ultimately, in the end, we're talking ultimate financial stability. Yeah. We're talking taking this immigrant mentality of learning, earning, yearning, and focusing the hell out of the earning phase. But the earning part is you're bringing value to time and money. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And you're that, oh God, dude, you just hit so many things. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I had the screech a minute ago did. and I had to bring it back. Okay. But there we go. The other thing that you put in there is it's something that we had talked about a few podcasts ago is in these smaller, even smaller metro markets, like you can, like Wausau is not a, it's rural for the most part, yeah. but it's, there's 50,000 people here. Yeah, we got lots of corn and cows, but yeah, 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 yeah we got whatever. people. Yeah. I mean, it took yeah. till 2004 to the people to outnumber the cows, <laughs> details, <laughs> but within that smaller set of people, what you actually have is a more direct access to m actually make a difference yes. and create, uh, cre to create a difference, not to just make, but um, within their lives, like yes. to actually have a difference in somebody's life on a one-to-one -one basis, rather than going to the, to the mega hospital yep. in West Alice. Yep. And you've got, 
300,000 people sure. and it, you're, it, it is generally, I mean, not to say that it's 100% transactional. I've never been in that setting. Yeah. However, large city tends to lean towards the more There's transactional. More opportunity for transactional. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's, well, I can't pay my rent. Yes. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. my, my outside life is forcing a decision for me to start churning and burning caregivers in and out the door yep. because I can make more production. And even if I'm not like pushing towards the the more capitalist like i'm going to maximize each one of these right yep. it's you're still just like higher quantity yeah uh because i need to pay my bills yeah and yep. that that setting your scope of influence especially comparatively to the market is so much smaller yeah and that can actually be very very demotivating for people yeah yeah. Rather than in a smaller market like the one that we live in, um, you're we're able to touch on so many people, um, yeah, in in a in a more direct way, and actually yeah. more people per capita would yeah. probably be the best way to well, put it's, it. It's, I think referring to is um, efficiency peak. Yeah. So it's if if as a veterinarian with three support staff, you're only going to be able to turn four thousand invoices, yep. right? Yep. And you're in an environment where there's forty thousand people. Well, okay, you just help ten percent of the population. Right. But if you are in an environment where you can only turn four thousand invoices, where there's four hundred thousand, now you're at a one percent influence. Exactly. Rate. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. And that's I think that's the purpose and well being component mm -hmm. is in, in fulfillment is you're going to yeah. have more in smaller areas and you're mm -hmm. going to feel like you're making a difference which is that autonomy but, component. But you're not going to feel like you're making a difference. You're going to be oh, making yeah, a difference. Yeah, right. There's not, there, it like, yes, there is the sensation, there is the fulfillment aspect of a feeling, but you, it's because it's justified. You yeah. actually are. Yeah. And that's when we talk about that idea of scope of influence. Like, I haven't stopped thinking about that for like four weeks, right? Because how do you grow it? You have to start small. You yeah. have to start in a way that's within your arm's reach. Yeah. Because if you go outside of that, if you try to change the world yeah. before you know what you're doing or have right. proven to those that are well outside of your reach that you know what you're doing, yeah. you're going to fail. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you're just going to get kicked in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> So for yeah. me, like being able to take a market like the one that we are in and having that efficiency peak and just continuing to push it out yep. in a natural way, allowing the spider web to grow in a way that makes sense, right? Yep. Same as on the education side, like we're putting so much time, work and yeah. effort into Michigan State. Yeah. We're, we're not going out to U of M or UW-Madison or, or Iowa State. Even though we have connections there, yeah. Yeah. it's not like, okay, we know this works. Now it's time to just blow it up right. it yeah. doesn't work yeah. you have to do it in a somewhat of an organic and grassroots way yeah. and like that be but the reason being is because if you go to too too wide a scope yeah. you're not going to make a difference and you're just going to start grinding your wheels yeah. for literally no reason any efficient process unnecessary conflict <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah uh, but that was actually uh it's, it's funny you say that because when we when katie and i were down accepting our award at michigan state for the young alumni yeah um it's you corrected me just a moment ago and say you're gonna feel like you're making a difference you're like no you will make a difference that was the exact thing that the dean of the college told me and she was i was like you know i'm you know i just we're out here we're just trying you know i don't feel like i deserve this award i don't feel like we deserve it because we're just trying we're not really she's like 
no, you're doing it. Yeah. Like you're actually doing it. That's right. why you're getting this award from the university is because OMG, mm-hmm. you guys are nailing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that same exact thing. You're exactly right. Our scope of influence, we kept it tight. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, uh, who was I actually just talking to? It was just, um, Oh, it's actually the director of the Humane Society. Um, she was. Uh, she actually wants me to do a talk at. Uh, it's in this upcoming October. There's kind of this uh, coalition of. Um uh, humane society kind of directors and influencers. Mm-hmm. They meet once a year. They want me to come do some talks yeah. on culture and core values. Nice. She says, um, have you integrated with UW Madison? And I was like, we haven't. And she was like, well, why? And I'm like, one part is hours in a day. Yep. You know, I mean, it's, we want to make sure that what we're doing with Michigan state is a, a sort of a proof of concept mm-hmm. essentially and saying, we're doing this, we're trying and it's going to work. We're going to make a difference in people's lives. Dude, it is way easier for us to make that pitch to UW and get students to drive 90 minutes or, you know, two, mm-hmm. I guess, whatever it is, two hours maybe, yeah. uh, rather than driving, you know, eight hours mm-hmm. from Lansing, you mm-hmm. know, uh, but again, the idea is we have to start somewhere. Well, and we had a much with, uh, Michigan state was within our, reach yes it was yeah like in uw madison although it is geographically closer yeah with the route in and the amount of hours that it's going to take to build that web yeah wasn't really feasible for an onset of like a program where there's no proof of concept yes where we have you know thankfully through with the fact that you guys went to school there and you've continued your relationship through them you've earned your way into the inner workings (laughs) right and and with that it's like all right let's try some stuff like guys this is a new idea but i somebody's got to do it yeah because we're stuck between a rock and a hard place in this industry and somebody's got to step out yeah and this is where we're going to do it yeah 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 exactly so yeah we'll make a difference in these smaller areas so again i think the pull you know, when we start to look at this and saying, get out of the big cities um, is, you know, one, obviously ride our coattails, take what we have, take, um, you know, all the stuff we have online, our online content, give us a call. I mean, hang out with us for a month, just whatever it is, get the hell out of the big cities. Um, because again, you will have a greater influence on people's lives in a very tangible way. Um, you know, that you're going to be receiving the feedback from people, but between the cost of living being lower, lower yeah. you know, focusing on these clinics where, you know, you can actually help grow it, you know, on saying the quantity, quality, affordability, availability component. It's all within arm's reach. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if we can do it, a lot of people can do it, but it all comes back to sort of that immigrant savings mentality, the learning, earning, yearning. If we aren't focusing on the earning part of our lives as bringing value to ourselves and value to others, it's never going to work. No. No, it's not because ultimately, like that, to me, that's why we get out of bed every morning, yeah. right? Is to yeah. cr- is essentially what, whether it's for yourself or somebody else, right. you have to create some sort of value yep. in your day. Yeah. Uh, so, th- if you feel like you're just selling time, whether it's because you're in a big city with no scope of influence, or you're yeah. in a small market and you're not actually making what you're worth, yeah, like rock hard place, yeah, and you're just getting smushed, yeah. between those two things, yeah. and and that's what's available. That's what's out there. The industry's dead. The industry's dead. Those two options. (laughs) Yes. You've got corporate, big city, traditional small practice in these small markets. Yeah. And from the wide scope of looking at the industry as a whole, 
That's yeah. what's out there. Yep. And that's why we're not joking when yeah. we say the industry is dead. Yeah. Purely no. from a service perspective. Yeah. Like let it look like leave the culture stuff that we've talked sure. so many hours about right. out of it. Yep. The business structures that are in place from the two really big pillars, yep. although they did serve good per well, the traditional one did serve great purpose for a long, long time. Yep. They're just they're crumbling, dying, yeah, and yeah. they're just taking everybody with them. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, it, it comes back to things I've said, you know, time and time again. Is it's there are no longer any uh, giants for us to stand on shoulders. Right. That that's the problem. Yeah. You know. Um. And uh, 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 Annie actually, she was telling me she just had an interview uh, where this individual is kind of coming in out of state. Yeah. I mean, that, everyone has a story, but um, the individual has kind of interviewed in the area um, and saying, oh, I, I tried looked at this job, looked at this job. She's like, you guys are a lot different here, just in your talk path and so on and so forth. But she says a lot of the other interviews that I've had, not just in our area, but kind of around, she's like, it really just seems like everyone around is sort of working just to retire. She's like, mm -hmm. there isn't really, it's all very stagnant, you know? And so like you said, rock in a hard place. Mm -hmm. um, it does take, again, there is an entrepreneurial component to leaving the big cities and coming into these areas and being responsible for more. Mm -hmm. You're responsible for more from a business standpoint. We can help significantly minimize that. Oh, yeah. Um, just from a guidance standpoint, and we're not going to become a barrier to you. It's we're actually just going to try to help teach you and move right. you along. Yep. Um, but, um, you know, I think what when we say you, you, you're responsible for more one from a business standpoint, the other one is um, it's actually the fear of uh, availability. Mm -hmm. So if you move into these smaller markets, it's like, all right, well, I was really comfortable when I was in the larger cities because I didn't have to do any surgeries. Mm -hmm. um, I think Janessa was telling me one of her friends uh, who was working in Seattle, she took a job somewhere else, maybe it was in the Midwest, I don't exactly remember the story, mm -hmm. uh, and her whole career up to that point, she had done a spay, and they've been out of school for four years or oh. five years, and it was the availability component. She's yeah. like, I don't actually have to do that. Uh -huh. We have a surgeon who does. We uh -huh. have this other person who does. I don't have to do it. So you go from being a big city where it's a high cost of living, you're like, you know what, I'm going to take the jump, I'm going to move into this area because I'm going to try to grow financial stability for myself. I'm in the earning phase of my life. I want to bring value to myself, to the workplace, into the community. Um, and you come in, it's like, you got to take this dog's leg off now. Right. It's like, what? Wha <laughs> huh? <laughs> what does FHO mean? Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, you know, so there is that part too on, um, you know, the earning phase, right? The earning is not necessarily just earning money. It's in value is not just money, but the earning and the value is how much do you have in competence? Yeah. You know, yeah. where's your confidence at? Uh -huh. And it comes back to, I think we're probably getting pretty close to talking about our star chart. Uh -huh. um, but the confidence and competence part, um, I understand is a struggle for a lot of people. Well, yeah, because you have a living being's life in your hands at yes. that moment. Yes. And if you don't, if you just dive, like a lot of people, and I think generally speaking from a behavioral perspective and understanding just from an applicant and like yeah. what we've seen from our team, Yep. generally uh, introverted, yep. uh, generally conflict averse, yep. generally risk averse, yes. right? Like yes. that just automatically pushes us into the idea of, well, I don't know how to do that and I don't really want to fail. Therefore, like I'm not going to swing the bat. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. to a point, like, yeah. and, and that's why your experience probably it has a, a level of value that I don't even know if you will realize like from a truly tangible perspective in like, well, I'm working after hours and now I'm the only one here and now I just have to do this. Yeah. Like,
Like I just threw myself to the wolves yeah. and it's either it's sink or swim. Yeah. Uh, Katie's experience, yep, right, with having coming straight out of college and yep. like I'm the on call doctor yep. and I'm 25 yep. and crap. Yep. All right, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. And you know why imposter syndrome never hit me? I why? I was always alone. Oh, I yeah. never had anyone telling me that I couldn't do it. I never had anyone telling me that if I failed, if I failed, it was going to be a reprimand. Mm -hmm. I have always maintained ultimate clarity with clients across the board. Because what? I'm an informed consent doctor. I say, hey, I've never actually done this before. Right. Your options are you can go to the you know, you can go to Twin Cities, you can go to Madison, you can go find a specialist. Um, and again, we're in an area where it's a lower cost of living, right? Yep. So the people are like, I don't actually have 5,000 for that surgery. I don't even really have 3,000 for that surgery. I'm like, will you give me 15 to try? Right. And they're like, yes. I, and I'm like, listen, I've never done it. I have the, the confidence that I can read, that I can teach myself. I can, you know, I understand the concept. I have tons of anatomy books. I got surgery books. And this is, comes back to me not being an online learner. I have this huge library where I'm like, my entire profession is boiled down to these two shelves of books. I'm just going to figure it out because I know the answer is in there. I just have to go on a scavenger hunt to mm -hmm. find it. Mm -hmm. And I have to have someone who's willing to allow me to try. Right. And that's where, like I said, imposter syndrome has never touched me because I'm like, I may not have the competence, but I have the confidence to try. And I'm never going to approach a client and tell them I can do something that I can't without them being aware that there's a risk. Mm -hmm. And again, you said the component of having a living animal's life in your hands. It's first do no harm. Mm -hmm. I would never put myself into a scenario where I'm, 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 I'm making this animal suffer more. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's one where, you know, my first GDV did it on my own. First splenectomy on my own. First amputation on my own. First uh, everything on my own, on my own, on my own, on my own. Um, but at the end of the day, it's coming back to that value component on the earning phase. Let me just try. Right. And then a success, they're like, holy shit, you did it. I'm like, oh my God, I did it. <laughs> yes. Know? Yes. And it's like, whoa, dopamine, you know. Yeah. But yeah. there were those circumstances where I've had some failures. Yep. It's like, fuck. Yep. You know, so then when the next one comes in, they say, have you ever done this before? You know what I have? Um, and I had one failure. Um, but I technically had three other successes, mm -hmm. but I did have one not go great. So mm -hmm. the statistics are this, but I'm still willing to try. They're like, all right, I'll try that. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, and actually I think uh, our most recent one, uh, Zeke, our uh, yeah. patient for the last six weeks was uh, five weeks somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just that I was confident and competent in my ability to manage this huge degloving wound. I mean, yeah. it went from the shoulder past their elbow all the way down to the it wrist. Was, yeah. I mean, it was pretty much the yeah. whole front part of this entire leg. Yep. And I'm like, I can manage that, you know. And what I told him was, is you know, um, you know, it was a couple. Uh, you know, of course they had some money. They were working, no kids, you know, that kind of stuff. So they they had some money to throw around. But I was like, I'm not actually sure how much money this is going to cost. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. I, I, I know what needs to get done. Mm -hmm. um, your dog can use the leg. You can, you know, you can walk yep. on it. I'm like, I'm willing to invest the time in this patient because I'm trying to bring value. I'm, I'm willing to invest the time into this patient and this leg. Um, meet me halfway on some of the expenses. But what am I going to be able to do? I was the only one in the clinic who really knew how to do a wet to dry. Mm -hmm. In those six weeks, I would confidently say all of our staff can do it now. Oh, yeah. You Every know. single person that works in our clinic got yeah. exposed to it. Everybody. Yeah. So the value there in saying, so that's what I'm saying. I know we're I was going to say, you didn't actually put your time into it. No. You reinvested 
your yes. m funds yeah. into your staff yeah. to increase a, a skill set yeah. that didn't exist. Correct. Right? Yes. And yes, did you put your time into it as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you basically ate all of the expense on it yeah. uh, as yeah. a means to build your skill set. So when the next one comes in, yes. it's it's better and yep. it's more it's just more efficient no one's scared about it right oh that dog ripped all the skin off its leg we can do that right you know we've done that before right you know and that was i remember even mariah she was up in the lobby she had done the bandage change and i was telling the caregivers um you know i was like hey mariah did the one today and i was just standing there i was like i was, I was supervising the whole time and she nailed it mm -hmm. and we went in back and she was like dude i was like yeah yeah. You know, like you did a good job, uh -huh. you know? Uh, so again, it's the value component and it's, 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 the, it's the selling time, selling money, bringing value. Uh -huh. All it was was just fixing a dog's skin, leg skin. But know? the thing that you, you, I don't know if you realize you touched on it and you, cause it goes back to kind of what this whole argument's been or not discussion, yeah, discussion. not argument, yeah, we're yeah, not arguing yeah, about yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Take the large corporate structure in that specific case. Um, going to be a ton of oversight. Oh, yeah. And if you screw it up a little bit, you're going to get reamed, right? right? right. And you're going to have to eat the, they're going to be like, well, this is how much it costs. You have to do it this way. Yeah. Regardless of how many times you've done it, yeah. because that's the way that it is. Yeah. And then from the, the small market perspective, if you have, if you have a, a budget that just cannot simply float that, yeah. I want to do this. However, I can't actually eat all the expense yeah. of all this to happen. Rock hard place. Like yeah. I, so you, um, and this is again like that, well, we're just going to try it. Yeah. We're just going to see where this ends up. And that's a mindset that I don't think really exists yeah. between those two structures. Yeah. And like yeah. that would have ultimately, again, why going all the way back to the very, very beginning, yeah. why are we here? Serve the patient. Yeah. It would have detracted directly away from that. And just yeah. because of process. Oh yeah. Exclusively yeah. because of process yeah. that's in place. Yeah, that dog would have three legs. There's no question about it. No, yeah, Not there's no, no one question about question. it. Yeah, no. mm -mm. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. And you know, but again, what it comes back down to is that um, investing in the people, investing yeah. in the business, yeah. taking while I have time and I figured out a way to make money in a low, low cost of living environment. It provides us the latitude to continue to invest back in the people. I mean, I mean, you saw it. What do we write off like four or 5,000 or something like that? Yeah. But the idea was, is it was like, no, this, this isn't a write off. This is a way for me to teach my staff over the last five to six weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that, that that's going to pay for, like I said, it's going to pay for itself on every patient who comes in after that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where what often, and we talked about this at a previous podcast where it's like, well, the boss is here. He can say that it's not going to charge this much. You know, yeah. um, it has nothing to do with that. It's mm -hmm. like, no, if we actually have a case where we can collectively learn from, yeah. why wouldn't we? And I think, you know, we say kind of between the rock and the hard place. And we'll talk about this more when we talk about our, our star chart um, is too many people think that competence and confidence are the same thing. Yeah. And they are not. No. So, no. Yeah. no. So, yeah. They it, coexist. They well. coexist. Yes. Yes. They are on the same axis. Yeah. Um, but they uh, they are not the same thing. Yeah. Um, so if we just have the confidence and that was that was part of the gamble for the people. The lady had asked me in the beginning. She was like, if we're going to go through this whole thing and it fails, um, are we still going to have to amputate the leg? And I was kind of looking at it and just from my own pa my competence of my past experience, um, I was like, nah, it ain't going to happen. You know, I'm like twenty mm, percent, maybe. Yeah. You know, but yep. in the end, I was like, nah. I'm like, the skin is a super lazy organ. I'm like, I, I <laughs> I'm like, I can get that skin to move around. Yeah. 
Yeah. I just need time. Right. You know, so they were willing to sack in the time and by God, they were there every 24 to 48 hours, mm-hmm. you know, at towards mm-hmm. the end. And now we're up to one week rechecks. Yeah. But, uh, the, the, that, that expense that was put in with the staff, right. Yep. Um, we didn't in any way, shape or form from the onset of that decision of we're going to try this, look at it as a cost. No. It was exclusively an investment. Oh, absolutely. Exclusively. Yeah, that was an asset. Asset. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. now we have, yes. again, going back to our industry overview, in the uh, talent side, uh, deteriorating skill sets, yes. we have just knocked a big thing right Huge off of chunk. that. Right? Yep. yep. And it's just, um, in the grand scheme of things, minor investment. <sighs> It's no. very, very minor. No. If, yeah, minor for us as a business, but coming back to the, you know, 9,000 and a 50,000 environment, we made a significant difference in that family. Oh, absolutely. You know, sig- yeah. significant difference. And we even have some of our, um, you know, clients, we did tons of end of year Christmas write-offs, you yep. know, for some of our good clients. It's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I want to make a difference in those people's lives this yeah. year, you know? Yeah. So it's the same idea. You When you start to have the ability to gain financial stability, um, I still am just not a hoarder. I'm just not a dragon with this freaking gold. Right. You know, it's how can we give it back to people? Right. You know, I mean, the work we do with Humane Society is all kind of stuff. So that's that's where you really get that fulfillment out. But if you lived above your means and you couldn't pay your bills, you wouldn't be able to do that. Absolutely not. Not at one little bit. No. It's either that or you'd go bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, and that that's the concern, though. I think you had said it earlier about taking some pretty good lumps, yeah. you know, is that, and again, I think if we want to wrap this up, because I know we're getting towards the end of the podcast, mm-hmm. but to wrap it up, I think when we start to talk about this, you know, the Gary Vee video, uh, you know, to say the immigrant savings mentality, to then say, how does that actually relate to business? And you can't fix a broke budget with more money. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. We can't expect people to pay us more money when we're not running a business efficiently right you know your your affordability is going to go way down you know if you have a broke budget but um but that's again the concepts of how it relates over to how you run a business is the more effective you are that the proof of concept is i'm really good about proving i can save money in my personal life it's going to be that much easier when you come to a business side on Mm -hmm. saying hey i'm going to save money here to shift money over there if it's i'm going to save money here because i'm going to fucking and blow it somewhere right uh-uh. right saving it to invest it somewhere else right you know and that, that i mean sometimes it's fun to have a little bit of fun with money but that's you know it's the exception <laughs> to the rule because yep. what do we all typically want to do and again as the generation turns over what are we hearing from millennials as they want to make a difference yeah absolutely how yeah. do we do that stop yep. peacocking yeah <laughs> yes yes stop blowing your money yeah. on things that mean absolutely nothing yeah Reinvest in yourself and in those that are around you because that's how you're going to make an actual difference. Your your $160 Instapot air fryer, just because you want to buy it, doesn't make a difference unless it's creating value. Absolutely. Reinvest in yourself. Reinvest in those that are around you. Stop peacocking. Stop peacocking. Bring value. Absolutely. (laughs) Carly, you want to take us out? Yeah. All right, guys. I think that was pretty good today. Uh, I think we're going to figure out something here uh, coming into the next several podcasts. I mean, I know we got uh, a couple more interviews and stuff we want to do but Mm -hmm. i think we're getting dangerously close to uh receiving questions from the masses (laughs) uh that might be easier once we get to the new building uh uh, doing live uh facebook feeds and that kind of stuff but um guys uh, i think just as kind of our normal as we can include in a new closing send us questions yeah absolutely if you guys if you guys got questions or whatever it is i mean we'd be more than happy to intertwine them into what we're doing uh but uh either way guys i hope you enjoyed today's podcast see you next time (laughs) 